listening to Trail Tales, episode number four, and I am super, super stoked to bring you guys this one. I have a good chat with my friend Mikey Brinkus, trail name Mullet Mike. Mullet and I hiked almost the entire Appalachian Trail together. That's right, we met on the very first night of our hike on top of Springer, and like I said, we made it almost the whole way together. We're going to talk about what happened there. Uh, We're going to talk about a lot of other stuff. Um, We get into a fundraiser that Mikey did. He raised a lot of money, which is really, really fucking cool. We talk about some of his food choices, which, in his own words, had a very negative effect on his thru-hike. And we even get into a bit of a controversial topic in the hiking community. That is the topic of yellow blazing, or skipping sections of the trail and still counting it as a thru-hike. I gotta say... Mikey comes out kind of strong at the beginning of that part of our conversation, and he kind of has an aggressive comment at the beginning there, and if that pisses you off at all, if that offends you at all, I urge you to listen to the whole part of that conversation before you judge, before you make any judgments, because we do give credit to the other side of the issue as well, and I think we talk about it pretty thoroughly, Um, and I just really hope that doesn't alienate anybody from listening to the rest of the show to be honest i almost thought about not including it in the episode but i'm trying to keep this as real as i can i'm trying to just put this shit out there for everybody so i decided at the end of the day i was gonna leave it in he said it i didn't tell him to say it so it is what it is anyways before we get into it like every single episode i gotta say if you want to contact me for whatever reason if you want to talk some shit I still haven't gotten any shit talk. I've said this every single episode so far. No shit talk yet. No hate. I mean, that's fine, but I haven't gotten any comments at all about anything. So, you know, I want to hear from you guys. You can send me an email, trailtalespod at gmail.com. And you can also contact me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm thinking about getting a Facebook too, but for now, I'm just sticking with those two. Um, At trailtalespod. My personal Instagram is at kylehateshiking because... You know, I'm just such a pleasant person. I also want to say that if you like the show, if you like what you're hearing, if you think I'm doing a good job for someone who's never fucking done a podcast before, I would really appreciate it if you helped me out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes or whatever your podcast streaming platform is. It would really help a lot. It helps rank the show higher so that more people get exposed to it, and I would just really appreciate it. I've also decided that I mean, I don't have any fucking reviews yet, but once I get some, if they're five stars, I'm going to read them at the beginning of the next episode and give you the credit that you deserve. So that would be really fucking cool. All right, let's get into it. My good friend, Mikey Brinkus, Mullet Mike, Appalachian Trail Class of 2018. And bam, we're recording. Okay, so welcome to episode number four of Trail Tales. I'm already four episodes in. Still haven't launched anything, but you know, we're I'm, I'm fucking doing it. It's all good. I'm here with my boy Mullet Mike, otherwise known as Mikey Brinkus. Mullet and I first met each other on the very first night of our Appalachian Trail through hikes. We both started on May 14th. And uh, we hiked together for almost the entire trail. We'll kind of get into that in a little bit. But uh, to start off, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. 
I'm kind of surprised we got connected so easily. That was like the first time <laughs> I've done one of these and didn't have to like reschedule it because of microphone issues or network issues or, and all that good stuff. So I'm um, I'm stoked to be here. I'm stoked you uh, you were willing to take the time. Yeah, no problem. Let's let's go way back, way before you're on the trail. What oh, yeah. was like? When did you first hear about the trail? And when did you kind of get the idea in your head that you wanted to do this crazy? 2000 mile backpacking trip. <laughs> so in, uh, in 2015, I was in something called uh, Rocky mountain youth Corps out in Colorado. Uh, it's just a trail crew basically. And, uh, you know, I didn't really have any hiking experience before then I went out there for a summer and I loved it. I mean, it was hard, but you know, it was fun. And the AT was like always kind of in the back of my mind. And, uh, yeah, I just woke up one day probably like nine months before I left, <laughs> uh, getting ready to graduate college and uh, just trying to figure out what I was going to do. I had a, a couple offers from a couple of different places and, you know, I just kind of made a rash decision and, and followed through with it and Fuck it, it. Ended up, it ended up paying off. <laughs> it was sweet, man. Hell yeah. How, so it really was that kind of a, or that, that much of a rash decision, huh? You weren't like, debating it for a while it was something that you decided you wanted to do you know kind of on the whim like that yeah 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 so the, I mean I was when I when I first started I was like kind of you know I really wanted to do it and I thought I could do it but like I didn't have that like full commitment right so um that's kind of when I met up with um I don't know how to phrase this but <laughs> it just pretty much comes back to the fundraiser that I had going on. That's, right, that's right. really what uh, pushed me to, you know, over the edge. And, um, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point, but yeah, why don't we talk about it right now? Um, I wasn't sure when I was going to work it in, but since you mentioned it, we might as well, uh, yeah, we might sure. as well talk about it. So, uh, Mikey did a fundraiser on his hike. He was hiking for your fire chief, right? Your, your former fire chief was diagnosed with ALS and you were hiking to raise money for the family, right? Yeah. So I'm just from a little town, uh, Belleville, Belle, Ohio, uh, about 2000 people. And we got a little volunteer fire department and uh, I'm a firefighter on there. So two years ago, well, actually, you know, it was 2017 when he got diagnosed, he was our chief at the time and uh, he got diagnosed with ALS and, uh, you know, that was, that was a huge deal. And, um, he kind of, lost some income from a couple different places from, from what I understand. So I kind of got together with his family, you know, I had the, the trail in mind and, uh, basically just like asked them what they thought about it. They loved it. Uh, so I set up a little Facebook page. I set up a, uh, a GoFundMe and that was pretty much it. I think at the end over GoFundMe, I had $3,000 raised. That's and, awesome. Yeah, that, that was cool. And uh, I, I think I had around $500 just like directly given to me. Like so cash. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. So that was nice. But um, that's kind of what put me over the edge to finally like go out there and hike the trail, which was was scary. But because <laughs> the thing is, like, if I were to do it and not have something like that behind me, not only would it be harder to like find a reason to keep going when times got really hard, but like especially at the start when I really didn't know what, what to do and I didn't really know what was going on. And that's when I leaned on you a lot, but you know, I always had that 
in the back of my head, like, oh, there's like, you know, kind of people counting on me for this. And, and that really propelled me. I would say for the first quarter, that was like a huge driver for me personally. Right, right. And I remember over the course of the hike, especially as we got further along, you were kind of surprised at how many people were following you from this Facebook page, how many, fe- yeah. how many people were kind of like keeping up with you and, and cheering you on. Do you do you have any of like the actual numbers of people that like uh, liked the Facebook page and, and any sort of statistics about that? I'm just kind of curious because... Yeah, um, I so I think at, in, at the end I had about 300 followers on Facebook and that was only Facebook. I didn't have it like I didn't have an Instagram for it or anything like that really. But um, 300 followers and a lot of people who, you know, commented regularly and people I didn't even know. <laughs> Uh, and then I started getting texts from random numbers. Um, actually, we got, uh, this was after we split up, but um, one of the followers had a, uh, a relative in Andover. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they came to check up on me, which was cool. But other than that, like, uh, Mike and Tina Bennett, they actually picked us up. What, where was that? Around McAfee Knob? Uh, yeah, I think it was just before McAfee Knob. So yeah, like southern, south central Virginia, kind of somewhere in there. Yeah, so like that was cool that like something real and like physical came from it. Yeah, <laughs> like definitely. these people drove all the way down from Ohio and took us out to get burgers. And they had hiked in I think 2015. So you know we had a, a ton to talk about, and we were only at that point like what a third of the way through. Yeah, something like so. that. And you also had that person. Where were we? We, we weren't even in Virginia oh, yet at this point. Yeah. The, the person who had a like a cabin near the trail that just kind of like left us some trail magic there. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, she had hiked the trail. Uh, I think in like 2008, and uh, she went to my the high school I graduated with from. But I think she graduated like 15 or 20 years before I did. She just kind of like got wind from it from that Facebook group. So she didn't actually like know you before the trail. No, no, I still haven't met her. I mean, she just left us the, she left us what like a six pack and a bunch of food and some bananas. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Some of that good stuff. Some of the good stuff. (laughs) How how? Because this is something we haven't talked about yet. Because we really haven't chatted that much since we got back. No, no. Um, how have people reacted since you got home? Like, are you? You getting like a lot of calls from people, or people like I don't know, are people like fucking recognizing you on the street? Like, I don't know, because you said it was kind of a big deal back home. Like, how has the reaction been since you got back? So I don't live. I, I live in Columbus now, which is about an hour away from Belleville, and I've only been in Belleville a couple days, so I, I haven't really been in public there. So I, I'm not really sure how it is, but there's a lot of people that have like asked me to like put on us like some kind of presentation or a speech or something. And I know we kind of talked about that before, but yeah, <laughs> not much yet just cause I haven't really been around, but uh, yeah. Did anything ever come of that uh, like speech thing? What was it like the city council or something you said wanted, wanted yeah, you to come yeah. talk? <laughs> they, uh, they're definitely interested, but I don't know. I was asked to do it a couple weeks ago and I'm like, you know, still recovering and just really wasn't in the mood. I, I, I feel like we have, We've had a lot di- different experiences, like as far as recovery goes, <laughs> because I'm still hurting, dude. <laughs> For real? Oh yeah, yeah. That's um, so crazy. I remember when Indy and I did our episode. 
he had said the same thing. He was like, yeah, like I, like I'm having a hard time, like walking upstairs, like my knees oh, are yeah. killing me. And I like, I, honestly, I feel like totally fine. I haven't really <laughs> had, insane, I haven't had any aches or pains. I haven't, I also haven't really done any exercise. I went for like one run and I did like a two mile hike. Um, and both of those were like shortly after I'd gotten back. I've been kind of, no I've been kind of lazy since, since then I haven't really done shit. I should probably, uh, I should probably hit the gym, but no, <laughs> I feel, I feel good. But like, what are it's your, insane. what are your ailments? I guess like what's like, what's hurting still? I'm, I'm kind of curious. Well, I'm starting to finally get feeling back in my feet a little bit. I get like pins and needles every now and then, which is weird, but, uh, it's mostly my knees and that's like every day. Damn. I think I'm starting to think that's going to be like a lifelong thing, which is fine. Totally worth it. <laughs> no, no way. You'll, you'll be I don't know, man, dude. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, definitely the back too. And I've been to the chiropractor a couple of times. That's definitely helped, but I would say the back for sure. Um, also since I've got back and I talked to Flossie actually last night, but he kind of said the same thing, but especially when I got back, I was sleeping like at least 12 hours a night, which is, I didn't even know I could sleep that long, and now it's finally starting to taper down to like the normal, like eight hours. But for the past month, I would say definitely more than ten a day, which I've never been able to do. And I guess that's not really an ailment; it just kind of seemed weird to me. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so surprised at how banged up both you and Indy are because oh, dude, I, I wonder if it maybe has something to do with the fact that. I've just been like hiking for like a number of years beforehand. Yeah. So like my muscles and my joints were just like more used to it. I mean, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. I, I, I did an episode with Flossie last night. I should have asked him that, how he was feeling like physically since he got back. Cause that's, that's pretty crazy, man. Like, uh, I don't know. You know, honestly, I think that I think a lot of it has to do with diet. I really do. And obviously we'll get into that whole thing at some point in this podcast. But oh yeah, I got a whole section on food. I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that was a big, big deal too because I definitely didn't eat as much as you did, and uh, I didn't. <laughs> I really didn't take care of myself really as as good as you did, in my opinion. It's it's tough to take care of yourself well out there. Yeah, you're just you're beating the shit out of yourself every day. It's really tough to have a good diet, like you just said. I don't know. It's. It's kind of a shit show sometimes, but I kind of want to. I kind of want to take a step back to some of our first days on the trail. Oh, jeez! So, like, like I mentioned at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the episode, Mikey and I met on the very first night. We had both yeah. started that day, and I feel like we kind of. I feel kind of weird saying bonded, but we kind of bonded at the beginning over how like nervous we were, I guess, like, yeah. how freaked out we were that we're about to undertake this fucking crazy, crazy hike. So take me back to, let's say that very first night, how were you feeling like, and how did you kind of come to terms with what you were about to try to do? Well, let me take you back a little farther before, just so you can kind of get my mindset. Um, I, uh, I bought the Ultra Lone Peaks, which is, um, I can't remember the, the name of the actual, like, oh, it's called Zero Drop. That's what it's called. So there's Zero Drop in there. It's like a different shoe, really. Um, you, you have to, like, kind of ease into it. And before I left, I was running half marathons to get ready, which is funny because that doesn't definitely doesn't get you ready. But um, I, uh, I think nine days before I was supposed to leave, I was supposed to start on May 9th. I ran a half marathon in them and uh, couldn't walk for like 
I'd say five days after that. And I pretty much thought that I wasn't going to be able to hike. Ended up um, just like actively rehabbing it as much as I could. And you attribute that pain because of the shoes, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I had run two half marathons in normal shoes, like in the months coming up to that. And uh, that last one, I don't know why the hell I did it, but <laughs> I changed to the zero drop uh, ultra lone peaks and that just really boned me. So what is like, because I didn't hike with zero drop shoes, like what is the difference between those and like normal trail running shoes, say? So the, the main thing that I've heard, and honestly, I, I don't really know for a fact, but um, a normal shoe kind of has your entire foot like sloped forward. The zero drop is like literally just like flat. Okay. Like there's no, it's not contorting your foot anyway. So that, it, and I definitely felt it at the start. Um, probably the first two weeks I felt it. Like I would feel things in my like Achilles and my lower calf, like definitely they were not used to being down so low and they were being stretched out on top of going from just normal life to hiking every day. Like, I don't know if, if you're going to do the zero drop things, I would definitely recommend that you ease into it, you know, walk around with it, start wearing them like a month before. Just... Don't run a half marathon in them <laughs> yeah. before you yeah. hit the trail. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, so I finally like get, you know, rehabbed enough to where I think I can go. So, my dad drives me down. I get to the visitor center to get my uh, <laughs> to get my tag, and I ask the lady uh, how to get to Springer. So you can either do the eight mile approach trail, or you can go one mile like further into the AT and then hike a mile back and get to Springer that way. That's what my plan was, just because you know I was I was starting late, so I just wanted to save as much time as I could. Yeah, the lady wouldn't tell me. <laughs> like how to get there. I asked her, how, how do I get there? And she's like, no, I'm not telling, like, we don't tell people that cause we don't want people doing it. So, you know, I was starting this, this huge project. I didn't really know what I was doing. I had done a lot of like homework, but I, I'd never hiked before. <laughs> now an extra day is thrown in. And then on top of that, <laughs> in the third mile, uh, I saw a bear <laughs> and at that time, you know, I don't really have a lot of experience. So like that really freaked me out. I'm thinking, man, I'm like way, way over my head on this. So that first night was just like completely terrifying. I get to the the shelter, never seen a shelter before. Um, I go to set my stuff up inside and this kid spills a bunch of ramen inside. And I'm thinking, you know, there's definitely bears coming, you know, all the just classic like beginner hiker thoughts you would have just yeah, pretty yeah. much scared of bears <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had just gone through all that and then you know just just starting it that way was really hard and then i don't know the next day we kind of i think that was when we actually started hiking together and you know i was asking you a bunch of questions and i was getting a little more comfortable <laughs> how many days or just can you give me an estimate of how long it took before you like settled in where you're like okay I kind of know what I'm doing now. I just got to keep grinding and, and just make my way up the trail. You know, I felt I started to feel comfortable uh, right when we lost Gummy Bear or West Virginia. Uh, where was that? That was about 100 miles in. Right around Franklin, North Carolina was yeah. the town there. Yeah, Franklin. It was awesome. You know, we, we went there and had beers at uh, Outdoor 76, which for all you future through hikers out there, definitely stop, stop at Outdoor 76. It's a great place. Yeah, that's when... It was pretty fast, and I, I kind of knew 
you know, we had a little crew going and I don't know, everyone was extremely reasonable, you know, and, and that's not what I was expecting. I was expecting like a bunch of like loose cannons out there, <laughs> but I don't know that I, I feel like that's why we made it so far together is because we're just like two very reasonable individuals. <laughs> and I, th- I think we were kind of like chasing the same goal, I guess. We kind of had yeah. the same style of hiking, the same objective. And believe it or not, um, people who have hiked the Appalachian Trail before will know what I'm talking about. But people are out there for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Some people are out there more to just kind of like have an experience, to have a good time, meet a lot of people. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's also the people out there kind of like you and I who are more concerned with, I guess, the endurance, like athletic aspect of it. Like we were very motivated to hike every single mile of the trail. And, you know, that was, that's the reason we were out there. We weren't necessarily out there to kind of hang out at the hostels and take in the trail culture as much as some of the other people were. So I kind of wanted to ask you, was that like your objective from the very beginning or did like kind of hiking with me, like influence that? Like, I guess, what was your objective from the start before you got to Springer and before we met each other? I mean, mine was definitely to, to do the whole thing and do it in a timely manner. Yeah, I have a, <laughs> I have a, a girlfriend, so she was <laughs> rather, rather angry that I was leaving. So I kind of was doing it for that, and um, you know, I, I definitely like it more for the challenge part than like the really any other part. Um, I'd say another reason is we just didn't have time. You know, yeah. starting May fourteenth, you don't have like a whole lot of time to mess around. I mean, you finished what October first? Yep. So you had, I mean, you had a solid two weeks, but I mean, it was starting to get uncomfortable there at the end. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, especially at the start and in the middle, we were just, I mean, I think we both were comfortable that we were going to be able to make it in time, but there was always that thought in the back of your head when you're like, Oh, should we do zero today? Or, Oh, should we do like a short day? You're like, well, uh, can we, <laughs> you know, I know for me, it wasn't until I got to like Harper's Ferry that I kind of like chilled out a little bit. I know for that first like whole half of the trail, it was definitely not just in the back of my mind, but it was like at the front of my mind for pretty much the whole time. I mean, that's why we only took probably what, like five, six, seven zeros for the whole first half of the trail, something like that. I Yeah, um, we took, oh man, I, I took, so I took a total of seven before Harper's Ferry, and I took one or two more than you did because mm-hmm. uh, you went ahead. But uh, yeah, that was we were definitely kind of in like freak out mode for that first half. Yeah. Um, and then then you hit the middle part, and it's just flat, and you know that was when we were hitting mid twenties like daily, and I'm not gonna say easily, but I mean comfortably. Yeah. I, I mean, would say we were obviously pretty damn conditioned at that point. So <laughs> yeah. It really wasn't until I want to say like Hanover, New Hampshire, that we started to not shoot for like 20 miles a day on, on a full day. Not talking about a Nero. It wasn't really until then that we started to bring down the mileage a little bit, and that was because we, I mean, we kind of had to because that part of the trail is just a lot more difficult. But yeah, yeah, you gotta. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a huge thing, I think. Um, in through hiking is you have to be reasonable and and you've always got to be thinking, you've always got to be thinking weeks ahead, you know, like, okay, I could do 
however much now, but how is that going to affect me, you know, right. down the line? You can't, you can't just be pulling twenties like through the line. Some people can pull twenties and stuff through the lights and, you know, through the harder sections, but just for like the average through hiker, you definitely just got to constantly be, you know, have that in mind, like how it's going to affect you in the, in the, in the long run. Right. Right. Yeah, some people can do 20s through that really hard shit, like you just said. Do you remember that guy we met at the um, Notch Hostel in Lincoln, New Hampshire? The uh, the shuttle driver guy that was working there? Yeah, yeah. I follow that dude on Instagram, and he is a fucking animal, dude. Do you, I, I don't I don't think you were uh, I don't think you were there when we were talking to him around the campfire that night, but um, he was attempting to do something called the Grid in the White Mountains in New Hampshire. I've heard of it. Which is, for those of you that don't know, it's trying to hike every single 4,000 footer in the whites, there's 48 of them, in every single calendar month. And not only that, but he was trying to do it in an entire year, and he's still doing it now, which is why I bring it up. He's trying to hike every single 4,000 foot peak in every single month for a year, which is fucking insane. And I hope I, he's actually, he's actually going for the, the, um, the time record too. Cause I was actually talking to him about it a little bit the other day. Jeez. I'm going to try to have him on the podcast at some point. Yeah, but definitely fucking so crazy. Cause that's, that's some hard, hard hiking for sure. So everyone that does a through hike has got some stories, right? I've got some stories. <laughs> I'm sure you've got some stories too. So before we go any further, I feel like, why don't, why don't you pick like a couple of like the craziest stories that you can think of and just kind of talk about them a little bit. It can be, Hiking related, town related, hitchhiking. I know fucking Indy had a couple <laughs> crazy hitchhiking oh, stories. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. What are some of the uh, the stories that stick out to you? Let's see. I, well, for starters, uh, so obviously we were together in the Smokies, and <laughs> that was a shit we, show. Uh, yeah, five. We had about five days of just horrible weather, cold, horrible. Just couldn't see a thing. Um, and we get to Newfound. I think I think it was Newfound Gap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a long hitch. I think it was like a 15 mile hitch down into Gatlinburg. And, uh, <laughs> this guy, you know, it was one of the first hitches we ever had, but this guy tells us to get in the back of this truck and, uh, <laughs> it's just full of trash, which is very fitting for the state that we're all, we in. were quite literally sitting on trash bags in the back of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> just full of trash. And he, he rolls down the window in the back and he's like, Hey, there's some beer in the cooler. <laughs> like, if you guys want some, so we just started, you know, drinking beers on the way down. That that was pretty cool. That was, it was so nice because those past five days were just so horrible, you know. And literally, the the second we start, we even start getting into town, we're drinking beer and just like relaxing. It was like, whoa, okay, I can do this. So good. <laughs> Anything else that comes to mind? You can you can take about a, a, take a second to think about it because I'm. I can like cut shit out and edit too. So. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think, man. Um, it's weird. It's just kind of weird. Cause like everything that I experience, you pretty much experience too. <laughs> um, let me talk about, uh, Joe. Oh yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So, um, so we were Lehigh gap in Pennsylvania and, um, we were going to try to find a place to stay. We all kind of had different, uh, hiking speeds so we just decided that we were all just going to hitch to this this McDonald's. So we get there, and Indy got a hitch with a guy that offered to, like, let him stay and do his laundry and stuff. So he calls the guy up, 
And uh, <laughs> the guy agrees to have what was it four or five of us? It was four of us. It was yeah. you, me, Indy, and Flossie, I think. Yeah. So this guy just comes, uh, you know, comes in, shakes all our hand, like throws throws our stuff in his car, and just drives to his house. Uh, his name's Joe. He's a chiropractor in uh, oh, what's the Slatington, I think. I think yeah. It was, yeah, Slatington, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and we get there. Um, he throws our laundry in the washer. We all take showers. He makes us a spaghetti dinner, and you know we just kind of hang out. We get to talk with his sons and his wife. Come, none of them bat an eye. You know, they're all just so nice. And then in the morning, he brings us back. I I thought that was really cool, and I uh. I kind of wrote wrote about that on my on my Facebook uh, hike for ALS fundraising site, and people were like going crazy over that guy. He is he's famous in Belleville now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have him uh, for your presentation in front Maybe of the I city should. council. <laughs> Dude, maybe you should have him on the podcast. Dude, maybe I should. That'd be awesome. I don't know how I'd make like a forty-five minute to an yeah. hour episode. Yeah, but. I should. Joe, Joe is such a nice guy. We, we kind of talked about him a little bit in Indy's episode as well. And it's it, the trail magic thing is so crazy. I mean, I, I kind of like knew about it before I went out because I had done hiking before. Yeah. But how much did you know about it before you hit the trail? Did you know about like trail magic and, and that sort of thing? Well, you know, I had I was preparing for probably about nine months. So like any other AT you know, perspective through hiker. I was watching like hours of AT, AT YouTube videos, anything I could get my hands on reading books, you know, and, uh, <laughs> I knew what it was. I didn't really know how it worked. And also I was kind of not really expecting it, especially at the start, just cause we started so late. And I would say I was, I was right for the most part. I mean, at, at the start, any trail magic we got was pr- pretty much by accident. <laughs> yeah. Um, it wasn't until we started catching up to the people who started, you know, middle of April, start of April, where we were hitting like, you know, people who were who were actually set up and, and trying to feed through hikers, which was really nice. Oh my gosh, uh, I'd say the best one for me was probably before Musalak. I don't know yep. if you stopped at that one, but. Yep, I remember I was just heading up the mountain as you kind of like came up and saw the table and were like, okay. fuck yeah, free food, let's go get <laughs> yeah. filled up for this crazy climb we're about to do. So I was, and you know this especially, but I was like scared to death of the whites um, through the entire thing just because on all the maps and all the guides, it just looks so nasty. And plus everyone like hypes it up before oh, you get there yeah. and all that shit. So Musalak's like the first 4,000 footer and, you know, it looks like a beast and it was a beast. I mean, but, you know, I got a quarter of the way up and there was like some pasta there, you know, uh, drinks and Gatorades and, you know, whatever. And that was just like, oh my, like, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, (laughs) it kind of, fuck it. Yeah. It kind of put all doubts to, to the wayside. It's kind of funny because. That day was the only day that I got like a full on hiker feed, like at a trailhead. Yeah. And it's funny because it actually happened two different times that day. And those yeah. are the only two times on the entire trail that it happened. So at the very we got end it, too. We got it at the beginning of the mountain before we started to go <laughs> up. And then when we came down the other side before we went into town there, we got it again from a different crew. I so. forgot about that. Yeah, that was good. That was that was so good. 
So let's jump into some food conversation because I don't think I've actually covered that on the podcast yet. I talked about gear when I did my episodes with Indy and when I did an episode with Taylor, but we only talked about gear. We didn't really talk about food at all. And I think you're kind of a good person to talk about that with because you kind of had a different food setup than most people, I would say, because you sent your stove home when we were in Hot Springs, North Carolina, Carolina. which is only about a little bit less than 300 miles into the trail. So why don't you uh, talk about that a little bit? So, like I said, I was was pretty new at the start. I mean, I was brand new at the start, so... Uh, I, I, I had a, a stove and, you know, gas and everything. And I just found myself being so tired at the end of the day that I just didn't even feel like messing with that stuff. So in hot springs, I sent it home and, and just started cold. So I, I cold soaked and it didn't go very well. Oh, what is, what is cold soaking? Why don't you kind of explain that to people who might not be familiar with the process? Sure. Sure. So you can take like a North side or uh, a ramen and you just get like a applesauce container, you know, clean it out. And uh, like maybe an hour before I was ready to eat, I would put like one or two uh, north sides or one or two uh, uh, ramen noodles into that container with water and just let it soak and just eat it cold when I got to camp. And honestly, it was just because I was lazy. <laughs> but uh, it tasted terrible. Uh <laughs> It got the job done, but Did um, it? no, it didn't. <laughs> uh, I can say that pretty confidently that I think that was pretty much the biggest mistake I made on the trail. Really? So all that time I spent nagging you about getting your stove back, <laughs> I was right the whole time. Is that what you're saying? Is that what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So good. So good. <laughs> so you would have done that differently then you would say? Going yeah. Forward? Yeah. Um, I just think, I mean, I was getting really burnt out on the things I was eating. I was eating like pepperoni sandwiches and a lot of tuna, but just, I couldn't get enough calories in and, uh, it, it really came back to bite me in, at the end. And that's why I only made it 2040 miles. In my opinion, that's why I, I couldn't go the last hundred so. miles. Yeah. Because you, we're going to, we're going to talk about what happened at the end sure, in just a sure. minute, but I know you definitely lost a lot of weight. I was looking through some of my pictures from the hike a, a few days ago, and there's a picture of you, me, and Breezy, who I'm going to try to have on the show at some point. <laughs> yeah. We were standing, it was it was that newfound gap again. It was right by that sign that like separates the border between North Carolina and Tennessee, right in the middle of the parking lot there. And I was like, shit, Mikey is like definitely a little bit, you weren't fat. I'm not going to, obviously you weren't fat. You're <laughs> hey fucking, you were hiking the Appalachian Trail. So a you weren't tricky. fat, but you, you definitely had a little more body weight, I'll say, than oh, you yeah. did towards the end and some of the pictures I was looking at there. So you, you, again, you said you would do that differently. You would, you would eat more. What, like what food, like, were you eating exactly? Can you kind of take me through like what you would have for breakfast what you would have for lunch. I know you said you were doing the pepperoni sandwiches sure, and the cold sure. soaking for dinner. Um, just kind of like take me through your food, I guess. So for breakfast, I would, I would usually just have a, a pop tart. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that I was never really hungry in the morning. I never have been. Um, that's kind of like a personal thing. 
but uh, I would just have that for for breakfast, and then I'd I'd pack two bars in my side belt, and uh, between breakfast and lunch, I would eat those. Usually, I try to eat like at least every hour and a half. Just you just get something in, you know. Right, right. Um, for lunch, um, I would either have a pepperoni sandwich, a tuna sandwich. I I tried to stay away from anything that I had to prepare because. You know, at that point, you still have miles to go, and I just wanted to get the food in and, you know, lay down for a little bit and then get right back to hiking. I didn't want to, you know, I know Indy, like, I saw him a couple times, you know, get out his stove for lunch, and I just really wasn't interested in that. And I, I really didn't go as fast as some of the other guys. So for me to, I mean, I, I would have made it, obviously, but for me to comfortably make it at the end of the day, you know, at the time that I wanted to finish and, and have enough time to relax and set my stuff up and, you know, hang my bear line, doing all that stuff in, in the night really sucks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so for, for lunch, I'd just have like a sandwich. Um, I'd have a lot of, uh, just little snacks, um, chips and stuff. <laughs> Sorry. I'm kind of saying everything in broad terms, but I really, I'm having a hard time even remembering what I really ate because I didn't really you eat don't that don't want to remember it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to remember it. It's, it's all ruined. fucking junk food. Yeah. <laughs> it's all disgusting, yeah. After that, I would put two more bars in um, and eat those between lunch and dinner and then, you know, just do like a cold soak for dinner or sometimes if we were, if like in Pennsylvania and New York when we were hitting roads and towns like all the time, a lot of times I just pack out like a sandwich or you know, Subway or just something a little better than just letting ramen noodles soak. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For my food, because obviously everyone cares about my food because I'm the host. I'm the fucking big guy here. <laughs> no, um, I, I think it's it, it could be valuable kind of just going through a little bit of what I had to. For breakfast, I did... Pretty much the same thing as you. I would have either like a pack of Pop-Tarts or some honey buns, you know, some of that good stuff. Nice nutrition <laughs> oh, in the yeah. morning. And um, I would do pretty much the same thing for lunch. I would have a couple bars and my hip belt to snack on just while I was moving throughout the day. For lunch, I would do like potato chips and those Milano cookies, dude. Yeah. Fucking so dude, good. Dude, those are so good. I can't eat them anymore, but... Oh, come on. I definitely... Dude, I like can't eat anything except for pepperoni. I can still eat pepperoni like oh. on a pizza or something. Not not straight, but I, I pretty much burn out on every single food item I had by the end. But, oh, yeah. And then for dinner, I would do... Because I had a stove, unlike mullet. I would make <laughs> one of those Nor sides, which... If, you've probably seen them in the grocery store before, if you're not familiar. They'll just be in like the rice aisle... They're just like little bags of instant pasta, basically, or instant rice. And I would make one of those, and then I would load it up with pepperoni and hot sauce, wrap that shit up in a tortilla, and I pretty much ate that for four and a half months, which makes me gag now that I think <laughs> about it, but somehow I got it down. Although, I gotta say, I was going through the 100-mile wilderness at the very end of the trail. I was like getting really burnt out on it. I didn't really eat too much going through there. Man. Like it was, it was so bad that when I got to um, right before you enter Baxter State Park, there's like a little, like a little camp store there. I think it's called A Ball Bridge Store yeah, or something yep. like that. And I like I was pretty much out of food coming out of the hundred mile wilderness oh, by then. Damn. I had the chance to like buy more stuff just for the last night and then in the next day for, uh, on the climb up Katahdin. 
And I was just so sick of all the food that I like bought a couple candy bars and like one thing of ramen. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't even care. I'll just starve myself for yeah, this last screw day. It, like, screw it. fuck it. Which I kind of came to regret that night, but you know, I fucking got through it. So, okay, what were you gonna say? Oh, so I I wanted to ask you, did you have like a general mindset going through the whole thing? Did you kind of have a, a hiking philosophy? Like what? What were you kind of aiming for? I know you were obviously trying to finish it like I was in a, in like a, in a timely manner, but did you have a, a hiking philosophy or, or anything like that, a mindset really? Yeah, so we kind of talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but I know we were both very, very motiva- uh, motivated to do the entire trail and do every single mile. So I think that's kind of like what you're looking for there, right? Like yeah, kind of how we were both more in the camp of i don't know some people would call it purism people call us purists i don't really like to say that we were purists because that kind of i feel like that kind of comes with a negative like connotation sometimes like we weren't kissing every single white blaze yeah (laughs) we weren't like backtracking on the roads if we got dropped off at the other side of the parking lot or anything crazy like that but you know we were we were trying to do every single mile and for those of you who haven't been on the AT before, we again, we kind of talked about it at the beginning, but you're going to meet people that basically, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, you're going to meet people that skip sections of the trail. Some people will skip big sections, some people will just skip, you know, 10 miles here and there, or 10 miles in one spot, and that's it. And for those of you who are trying to do it, I guess, a little more thoroughly like we were trying to do every single mile that's definitely something that might get on your nerves a little bit i'm yeah. kind of i'm treading i'm treading lightly here because i don't want to like alienate anybody who did skip miles and i, I don't want to say that that's like the right way to do it you know the way we did it but so i'll say something about it okay go for it um so i live in columbus ohio and uh if you're you know in the area and you yellow blaze, you can come on over and I'll kick your ass because, <laughs> because fuck you. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's such bullshit, man. Like I just will ne- I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. So for those of you who don't know, yellow blazing is another term for skipping miles. Cause you know, the roads, the roads have the yellow strip of paint up the middle. And um, so that's kind of like the lingo there. People say, oh, I yellow blaze that section. It means they skip that section. So we definitely complained a lot about that on (laughs) the hike. I'm not going to say that it didn't piss me off, but I definitely, now that I've gotten back, it's not really something I think about too much, obviously, because I mean, I'm not on the trail, but like, it's not something that I look back on and am still like as frustrated by. When I was on the trail, I guess like I don't know how, how do you has it has your perspective? I guess it sounds like your perspective hasn't really changed much no, since then. No. But it's tough. It's tough because at the same time, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. It's just a hiking trail, you know, and people oh, yeah. are out there to just have their experience. And you know, who am I to say that I'm doing it the right way or you're doing it the wrong way? I think at the end of the day, it just is kind of frustrating when you complete the trail and then you see people who are claiming to have completed the trail that didn't actually hike every mile, you know? Yeah, it's definitely like a 
it's it's totally an ego thing. <laughs> like that's what it comes down to. I, I absolutely like try to just say, hey, you know, only worry about myself or it's their thing. They can do whatever they want. But man, like after a long day, you get to town or something and you see somebody that clearly shouldn't be there. <laughs> uh, it just, oh man, it's frustrating. I, I still like, I can't really think of any other reason than just your ego kind of taking over, but it's, oh man, it's just so far. It's a, it's a hard pill to swallow. Um, I, I never got into like, obviously I would never like, like call someone out for it you know, they can do whatever they want, but man, it's, it, it, it's tough. It's definitely one of like the most debated things for within sure. the Appalachian trail community. I hope I, I hope that it doesn't like piss anybody off. Cause like I said, at the end of the day, you know, do whatever the fuck you want. We were, we were never, you know, getting into arguments about it with people. Yeah. We were never, you know, we were never making a big scene about it or, or causing a fuss, but yeah, it, it, it definitely frustrated uh, us a lot <laughs> yeah. because the four of us, the five of us, when Pac-Man was kind of in there as well, we're all like pretty motivated to do every single mile. Like I said, a thousand times already and just seeing. So like when you pass somebody that, you know, isn't hiking as fast as you are, and then you see him again like a week later, you're just kind of like, you do a double take. You're like, wait a minute. How did you get here? Yeah, how did you get it's here? It's just, it's kind of weird. I don't know. I'm probably going to get, a, we're probably going to get a lot of shit for that. Oh, but for you sure, know dude, for sure. You know, that's, I don't know. Everyone's got their opinion on it, I guess. <laughs> it, it, it was weird for me because I didn't really expect to see that many people like skip sections before I left because... When I started the AT, I've, I kind of came at it from like a peak bagging perspective. So yeah. I've been working on hiking all the 4,000 foot mountains in New York and New England for the past couple of years. And it's like, unless you hike every single mountain on the list, you're not done yet. Like you haven't completed the list. And I kind of came at the AT with a similar perspective. So when I saw people that were skipping chunks of the trail for various reasons, it just kind of threw me for a twist, I guess. I don't know. It's it's a touchy subject, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So I guess since we were just talking about people who skip sections of the trail, we can kind of transition into what happened to you towards the end of the trail. So this is something that we really haven't talked about together yet. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear, you know, besides just over a couple Facebook messages, what happened. So for the record... Mikey was not able to complete his through hike, but he was literally so fucking close. And it kind of, <laughs> yeah. it like, it like breaks my heart. Like I was so bummed out because I, I didn't find out that you left until the, it was the day that we all finished. So like, I was super bummed out. So like kind of take me through what happened. Like what was, what was going on when, uh, when you were in, what was it? Caratunk, Maine, where you got off? Yeah. So, um, we split up at Grafton Notch. Um, that was what mile 1900 something like that yeah it was like our second day in Maine so yeah so I ended up getting like really really sick uh, to the point where I had to take two days off I thought I was only gonna have to take one but um, going through like oh, what is that notch Mahusik notch and Mahusik arm and uh, which is the toughest part of the trail in my opinion physically it, it was the hardest day for me uh, by far <laughs> Went through that sick, uh, ended up breaking my poles that day. Just a, a complete shit show of a day. Uh, and I made it, we made it to Grafton Notch, which has like a, a ma- not a major road, but 
a hitchable road. And the town is Bethel, Maine, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I uh, the next morning I I went to the the road just to hitch into town. Really, I just needed to you know get some rest. I got a hitch into town uh, from a through hiker's wife, which was really cool. She took me to Gorham, which was nice. Uh, was oh wow! A, so you yeah. Went, so you went into Gorham three times then. Yep. Three That's times. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spent a total of five nights, I think, there. But uh, she she gave me her number and she said she'll she'd bring me back to Grafton Notch, you know, whenever I was ready, which was awesome. That's so nice. Because you know, I, I had that insurance, and you know, I I felt pretty confident that I was going to be able to, you know, keep going. Um, looking back, I I probably should have got off there, to be honest, to be totally honest, but. Uh, yeah, so I I spent two days there. That that was tough because the the crew left, <laughs> which was rough. That that was a kind of a morale blow. Now you're making me feel bad. I, <laughs> I honestly thought you were gonna catch up. I really didn't think you were gonna have to spend more than a day resting up. And the other times we had split up, you were always able to catch up. So I don't know. I, yeah. I we all we all felt really bad, like leaving you behind. It's, it's all right, not, man. It's all right. <laughs> Um, I still you, feel bad about it. <laughs> and that's the thing with the trail. Like you, you can't wait for people. You can't be on someone else's, you know, schedule. You've got to do what's best for you and your hike because things can happen, you know? Exactly. And, and if, if you're just, if you're just waiting around for someone, like, I don't know, in my opinion, you're doing it wrong. Just, you, you got to keep going. I kind of figured that you wouldn't have wanted us to wait no. for you either. I felt like it was kind of a lose-lose because if we had waited, you would have felt like you were holding us up. And yeah. if we yep. had kept going, you would have felt like you were getting behind. So either way, it was just kind of a bad situation all around. Yeah, so the first day in, in Gorham um, just was, was basically recovery. Um, I was planning on going out the next day, woke up. That definitely was not happening. And I kind of made a plan. Uh, my plan was I was going to do shorter days, like 10-mile days. If that didn't work, I was going to slack. And then if that didn't work, I would take two to three additional days off and then uh, reevaluate. Uh, just real quick, can you kind of explain what slackpacking is just for people who don't know? Sure, sure. So um, when you stay at a hostel, it, it only works in certain sections where uh, there's a lot of roads. But uh, for the most part... You leave your stuff. You stay at a hostel. You leave all your stuff at the hostel, and then you just take like a day pack out. You t- just take like a lunch, you know, your water filter, and like some other stuff that you might need out there. Makes your pack really light, and uh, you just hike to like a road, whatever the next road is, or two roads ahead. Uh, really, ha- however far you want, and then the hostel comes back and picks you up and brings you back. Yeah, it's it's basically. You're you're hiking the trail, but you're not carrying any of your stuff. Um, that's I would say that's still a controversial topic. Um, some people say that it's it doesn't count. Some people say that it's do it does, but um, I think it's it's pretty widely uh, accepted as as hiking. I, I I think it's hiking. Yeah, I agree. Like I didn't really meet too many people that had a problem with slackpacking. It was really only classic and. Yeah, may, I can't remember if Flossie yeah. didn't like it. I, I don't think Flossie cared. It was pretty much only classic, this guy we were hiking with, that would make a make a big deal about it. But the way I look at it, you're hiking. You're still hiking the whole trail. It's not like you skipped a section. So, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, it really just came down to the point where hiking with, a, with my pack on was just, like, not going to cut it anymore. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, 
I did, after that, I did four 10 mile days and slowly realizing what was going on. Um, it would just take everything in me to get 10 miles. I mean, and that's, that's not very much for what we were doing. Right. And granted that part of the trail is very difficult, but still, you know, it's tough. Did like four of those got to Rangeley, I believe. And, um, I went to find a place to slack pack there. Well, it turns out their entire slack pack is completely full. <laughs> so I ended up going from Rangeley to uh, whatever the next town was. Pretty much the end of the hard part. I don't remember what it is, but I ended up doing like, I think, three days to that. And that was only like 30 miles or something. So you were still feeling really sick this whole time. Yeah, and, and every day it was just getting worse. Um, just from a weakness standpoint. And every day, you know, it just, I was slowly coming to the realization, like, uh, there's a chance that I'm not going to be able to make it, <laughs> which, which was tough to deal with. But yeah, especially after coming over 2000 miles at that point, I mean, you were so close. Yeah. Yep. Uh, actually at one point I bailed out on a, I, yeah, I walked four miles on a logging road <laughs> to get into town because I, I like was not going to be able to make it. Is that that really rainy day? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I texted you actually. Yeah, you're, you had texted Indy or somebody because I remember them mentioning that you had like bailed out like on a logging road or some shit like that. I don't know. Yeah, because at that at that time I still had a like a really small chance of being able to catch you guys, and and I knew right then that it was over. You know, <laughs> I wasn't going to be able to catch you because I uh, I just cut a day in half. Which when you when you're trying to catch up to someone. Every everything counts, like especially that close to the end when there really just wasn't that many miles left, not as much time to catch up. Yeah, and and just in general, um, you know, if someone's two days behind you, that's pretty far behind, uh, especially if they were really hiking, you know, doing twenties and stuff. But kind of like we were, um, you know, if if you're more with a crew that's just kind of messing around, it's it's not bad at all, but. Like you got to make up those whatever forty miles, you know. You got to make five miles up here, ten miles up here, and just hope that whoever you're trying to catch maybe like shaves a couple miles off here and there, you know. Mm -hmm. So I uh, I got over all the four thousand footers. Slack I, I slack packed I think two days. Yeah, over the last four thousand footer until Katahdin. Like still feeling just weak and sick. Um, was throwing up every morning. I have no idea. Wow. Yeah, Jeez. no idea what was going on. Uh, I I really couldn't eat anything until like like noon or one. <laughs> like my stomach was just destroyed. So then you know I I was pretty happy that I, I was able to get over the four thousand footers. And there's a real easy section from it's it's twenty miles from the bottom of the last 4,000 footer to, uh, the Kennebec river. Yeah. And so I was able to do that, to do that in one day and I felt pretty good. I, I camped at the river actually. So, so that was good. I, I kind of had a little hope there, <laughs> but, um, the next day I stopped in to a, a hostel, you know, grabbed some food and I kept going. And I don't know if you remember, it's a very minor part of the trail, but there's six miles between Caratunk and, uh, I want to say it's Moxie Bald or something like that. I, uh, I remember Caratunk and I remember Moxie Bald. I think it's a little bit more than six miles because we hiked 
from Karatunk to that next shelter out, and I believe that was like a six-mile hike, so... I think we hit yeah. Moxie Ball the next morning or something like that. Okay, so that's actually where I, I hiked to, uh, that, that shelter. Okay. Um, I, uh, I was kind of feeling bad the, the morning of. I just kind of attributed it to doing that t- the 10-mile day, or sorry, the 20-mile day before. And so, you know, sure enough, I start puking again, and then it just gets to the point where I, like, can't even walk anymore. Like, I'm just dry heaving, dry heaving, you know. Uh, I need to go get some rest. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I just knocked on some random woman's door, uh, and she told me how to get back. I think it was like a 10 mile walk back into town, but, um, I randomly got service like halfway through and I was able to call a hostel, give me a ride, which was really nice. Yeah. When I was at the hostel, um, I was just kind of taking it day by day. I think I was there a total of four days. So you're still trying to make it at this point. You hadn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say on the the end of the third day, I, I called my parents and I was like, Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's to the point where like, I don't really feel that it would be responsible to right. keep going, especially with the hundred mile wilderness, um, approaching right, where there's no easy spots to bail out there. So yeah. And still, you know, I still, I'm sure I, I could have done it. Um, and probably someone who is a little more, I don't want to say driven, but uh, hard-headed than me would, would probably do it. I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses at all. I did not make, I didn't hike the entire Appalachian Trail. Um, <laughs> but, and I, and I chose to get off, you know, but in, in my opinion, obviously in my opinion, it just wasn't, it wasn't worth doing when I knew I could just do it another year. And like I said, I, I, I made a plan. I, I did everything I could, but in the end it didn't, it didn't work. So, <laughs> so when you finally made that call that you were done, that you were going to get off the trail, were you more relieved just to be done or were you kind of still disappointed? I mean, obviously I'm sure you were disappointed, but what was your immediate thought? Were you more like just excited to be off to, to kind of rest up and hopefully make yourself feel better or were you still like pretty bummed out about the fact that you hiked over 2000 miles? I mean, how many miles from Karatunk to, uh, to Katahdin is there? Is it going to be like less than 150, right? It, it, it's about 150. About 150 and, okay. and that's, I mean, other than the chairbacks, it's pretty much flat the whole way, which that was even more frustrating, you know? Right, right. Yeah, man, it, w- it was a mixture. I was definitely, like I said, I, I just didn't feel... I didn't feel comfortable going on in a different way than just like feeling comfortable, if that makes sense. Like I didn't feel comfortable as in like something could happen. (laughs) I thought, you know, maybe I'd get stuck out there, something like that. Especially because like I said earlier, going through the hundred mile wilderness, first of all, there's not any places to bail. Well, I mean, there are some places you can bail out, but it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult. And there certainly wasn't very much cell service throughout that section. And second of all, you would have had to do some pretty big mileage to get through, you know, carrying enough food to get through all that shit. So you would have had to push and you weren't feeling well. So it makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I, I called my parents and they, they came, they were gracious enough to come and pick me up. But, um, I, I think, I think I know what it was. Um, yeah. I was going to ask, that's probably the fucking biggest question here. Like what was going on? Like what was the problem? Yeah. I, I just think that I wasn't getting enough calories in. Um, 
And really, honestly, it was because of my decision to go cold soak, which it's crazy that I, at that point I had went like almost 2,000 miles cold soaking or like 1,800 miles cold soaking. And it just caught up with me, man. Um, you know, I just, I just really couldn't eat anything. And when I did, I just throw it right back up. So I still don't understand. Like, did you, did you go to a doctor or anything? Cause I don't really understand why the lack of calories would cause you to throw up, you know? Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I think it was, I think that part was like more stress related. Okay. Yeah. Um, just cause pretty much from the time that I left you until when I stopped, it was, it was a death march <laughs> pretty much like. You know, I don't think at that point anyone really wants to be hiking because you've, you've come really far at that point, but it just hit like a whole new level where I just, <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, I just, I just couldn't keep going. And, and that's just, that's just how it was, man. I, such a <laughs> like bummer. Like I can't explain it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a bummer and it really sucks, but it is what it is and, and I'll finish it up and exactly. you know, I, I had a lot of fun out there. I really did. Exactly. I mean, the most like cliche trail saying ever is like, "Oh, the trail will always be there, man." But yeah, like, it's yeah. it's true. You'll you'll be able to go back next summer or whenever the hell you want, finish it up, and you'll still have hiked the entire Appalachian Trail. And I guess when it comes down to it, you know that's that's what's that's what's most important. So yeah, man, it's it, it's still it's still a tough pill to swallow, and you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely finish it up. But oh, man. <laughs> rough it's rough yeah it's all right though. it's rough and it sounds like you have a pretty good attitude about it i mean you're not down in the dumps about it you're not like unwilling to talk about it so you know it's just that's just the way it goes shit happens and yep. i'm sure you still had a pretty fucking crazy ass journey it was awesome man anybody who hikes on the Appalachian <laughs> trail will so all right well um that's pretty much all i have for today mullet Sweet, man. Thanks again for taking the time. Yeah. I guess before we sign off here, what do you have any future hiking plans? I mean, I know we just kind of touched on going back and finishing up that last little section there, but in the future, are you, do you think you'll ever plan another through hike or do you have any shorter hikes on your mind? You know, just what's, what, what does the future for mullet hold when it comes to <laughs> hiking in the trail? Well, I mean, obviously I'm going to finish up that, the, the AT, but I would be lying if I said that I hadn't been watching PCT videos ah, already. There it is. <laughs> but um, it, it, it'd be tough to find a job that could support, you know, long section hikes. Um, and I really think that's the way to go. Just because by the end of the through hike, man, you're just so burnt out. Mm -hmm. I just really think like doing the PCT or the CDT, if I did it like state at a time or something like that, I think I, I'd enjoy it. Um, as far as just like, I, I should say my body would enjoy it more. <laughs> right, right. Um, obviously, the things that come with through hiking, the camaraderie and, you know, all the friends that you meet out there and all the crazy experiences you have, that's that's kind of hard to beat. But, um, yeah, man, I think definitely PCT one day, maybe maybe when I'm retired. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. How about you? I don't know, man. Um I definitely won't be doing a through hike within the next couple of years, I don't think. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, next summer I'll be working on the finishing up the 4,000 footers I have. Nice. There's a couple up in Maine I still have to go get because the trail went like 
within like a half mile or a mile of a couple Rough. peaks, but I was just, I was like, no, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't do the extra miles. Like I was just trying to get there and the weather was shitty. So I'll go back and do those. And then I think I'm going to try to do either the PCT or the CDT, probably the PCT. I don't know if I have the balls to do the CDT yet, but maybe do a PCT <laughs> through hike in the next, you know, a couple of years here, depending on how long I stay at work and, you know, where my career takes me, I guess. So for sure, for we'll sure. see. We'll see. But anyways, thanks again, Mullet. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this shit here with me today. For sure. Talk some shit. It was good catching up. Don't hang up quite yet because I got to go over a couple things once we're done recording. But okay. that's pretty much the end of the episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope everything goes well on the rest of your drive or your your work day or whatever the hell you're doing while you're listening to this i don't know but yeah take it easy everybody thanks for listening